You're listening to the 10 Minute Think Through, a to the point conversation about the Bible, theology, and current events. The list is way too long to start naming names of people who have fallen from the public graces uh, over the last few months. It's been a topic of conversation that seems to never go away. Almost every day you turn on the news and someone else has been asked to resign or uh, been fired, put on leave from basically every walk of life, Congress, sports, uh, entertainment, Hollywood, uh, the news, like the, the categories are endless. Those who have um, been involved with sexual misconduct in some way and are accused of those things. And um, so um, Brett raised a question for us to discuss today. Uh, what do we do with those people going forward? I mean, we could like we could dig into whether or not you be- how you believe accusers and due process and all those arguments that we're hearing swirling around us, but what do you do when someone has uh, been disgraced? Yes, this is in no way to... Um, to minimize uh, any victims, so or to say uh, that something happened, and this is not our did it did it not true or untrue. But I think what we're talking about are the people who are experiencing secondary trauma, where uh, you feel almost let down or betrayed because who you believed someone to be turns out not to be true. And so you feel like a betrayal of the relationship. You wonder how far back, how long have you been wrong? And so do you, can you still love somebody after they've broken the trust? Especially from a public eye perspective, there's so much PR that has to be, uh, you know, managed. And, and because I, what I want to say is if someone is uh, like, if, if you've been what you would claim to be falsely accused, right? Okay. So, so what I want you to do then, if I'm just if I'm like putting you on trial myself is I want you to come out and say, I understand the pain. I understand, uh, you know, I'm ashamed of this. I wish this were not attached to my name. Uh, I don't understand where this person is coming from. Uh, I want them to, to find the healing and the help that they need in any sort of way. Um, so I'm just going to completely come clean, you know? And so if you're falsely accused, but if you're accused and you are, uh, you know, you you admit guilt, then I want you to just come out and say it plainly. I'm guilty. I shouldn't have done those things. Um, no uh, ifs, ands, buts about it, right? No pointing the finger back at anyone else, but it doesn't really seem to work like that in our world. I think that uh, the question that so many people have is, why did you do that? Everyone wants to know why. They want to know the background reason. They want to know, you know, that there was a, a thought behind it? Was there a plan? Um, were, were you possessed? I mean, what exactly were you thinking? And I think that so many times we feel like if you're the person who has been betrayed or you're experiencing this secondhand trauma, we think knowing all the information is going to completely like cleanse us of our, our, harmful, our harmful toxic feelings. But I'm not so sure that's always the case. I think that a lot of times we have to come to grips with this person um, that they did betray the trust, but they did sin. And so how do we treat people who have sinned? Yeah, there's the question of the consequence of the whole thing. So if a person is repentant, right, that's question number one we want to ask. Is the person repentant? If they acknowledge their guilt, 
Are they showing genuine remorse? Are they willing to own up to what they've done? Or is there sort of some justification that they're offering at this point? And uh, that, that means, I mean, in that situation, when someone is repentant, that, uh, that we are free to forgive, not to sweep what they've done under the rug, and certainly not to minimize the consequences. Those consequences must match the severity of the crime. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, what, what, when, when someone has uh, been through this, this process, right? Like, so I, I heard, so for instance, um, there's Matt Lauer involved, right? And, and uh, who's going to replace Matt Lauer now? Okay, well, they're like one list I read, which kind of I don't want to admit that I read, but I did. Uh, it talks about um, Brian Williams. All right, Brian Williams, not the Brian Williams we know here in our church, but Brian Williams, who was the six o'clock or six thirty news anchor for NBC, who had his own set of right for not uh, telling the truth and making things up. And yeah. So so now has he kind of paid his penance you know has he done what he needs to do in order to be viewed again or you know viewed again you know positively enough to drive ratings that's what NBC wants to know Um, or you know would would the public say no this guy's this guy's eliminated from all public life you know in a high profile way uh, forever yeah it's a really complex issue because in so many of these instances, I think for, I mean, like 99.9% of us, we don't know, we don't personally know the people who are going, who are being accused and who are coming forward. And like, we don't know them. Um, so Matt Lauer is someone that you might <laughs> share a few minutes with every morning as you're eating breakfast, but it's not like a two-way relationship. And so on one hand, it's kind of weird because we are sort of as a, a country, like, almost having like the opportunity to, to watch like a, um, like a, a, we're like the jury, you know what I mean? Like we're like the jury in a, a, a court case watching this unfold, um, as people come forward and, and have from these behind a two way mirror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so on one hand, it's like, I almost feel like, um, selfish for like whatever feelings I might have of like, Oh, what, what a bummer or whatever, like any like selfish feelings that I have because real people were hurt. And like, they're like, these are real people. These aren't like TV characters, but I think it's difficult for me to like disassociate entertainment from like people that I know who are famous that are, um, you know, don't know who I am. And so like a really good example, um, is someone that I've admired for a really long time is, um, John Lasseter, who's like a Pixar storyteller. And he has gone through this now. And, um, many, many people have come forward with, um, complaints of sexual harassment towards him. Uh, he had a statement, he resigned. And now the question is sort of like, what's next? And that bummed me out. Like just to, like, there's no other way to say it because he's someone who I've admired so much as like a storyteller, especially of like family movies and stuff. He's just very talented and gifted in that. So that was like sad, but at the same time, it's like, but I know like whatever I'm feeling is nothing compared to like whatever, if, if like these accusations are true, then like that's a lot more severe. And so I don't know, like it's hard for me to like even allow myself to feel like those, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of hard for me to express that. But, yeah, no, I, th- I thought the same way. There's, you know, uh, for a ministry geek like me, I mean, uh, 2017, 2016 was a terrible year for to be the lead pastor of a mega church because it felt like every month another guy was having these revelations come forward about what he had done and the you know abuses of power and immorality and um, 
And so you start to wonder, like, do I discount this person, this artist, this pastor, this celebrity? Do, do I discount their entire body of work because I've discovered their sin or I've discovered a, a real fatal flaw? And, and what's the line, too? I mean, Jonathan Edwards is somebody who I love to read and, and think is a, an incredible, like, forming influence on, like, the Christian journey, church, but, you know, understanding of who Jesus is. But he owns slaves, and so, like, right. what do I do with that? What, you know, how do I process all this? Well, I, th- I mean, adding to the complexity of the whole thing is there just seems to be this darkness that uh, we don't want to think is actually there. You know, whether it is um, a, a particular activity, whatever that might have been, um, money, alcohol, you know, in a, in a ministry context, we saw all those things over the last couple of years. Um you know, or uh, we we have these. We probably should have had a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, but um, you know, you have these these uh, constant revelations of men uh, exposing themselves, like uh, just a female walking into a room, and like, and wherever you place your level of like grossness in the midst of that is, uh, I mean, that factors in. You know, so it's it's like a well, I. I mean, I could, I kind of see myself in the situation with uh, whatever, but not that, you know, like, uh, and and then the personal connection, like you're describing, Jared, or the, uh, you know, I, I saw Matt Lauer in person last year, and like, you kind of think, oh, I'm just a normal guy, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's um, man, there's, there's just, there's so many, so many complexities to it, but I think a good question is, Brad, do you discount that person's whole body of work do you discount their life previous to that and gosh I I don't think so I don't think we I don't want to do that (laughs) because I think (laughs) that that if if we knew I mean the the deal is that these people are having their the worst things about them made known right you know but if everyone had the worst things about them made known then no one would have any appreciation for anyone because we're I mean for all have sinned you know and that's not to excuse anything but I think to see that um I think maybe my perspective is if if they are contributing something positive to humanity or something dignifying to the name of Jesus at all, then that's an expression of God's grace that they're working through a sinner in order to say something that is really noble and, and, and saintly, you know? And so I think that it's always in spite of someone's sin that we're appreciating their art or their work or their contribution to society. Yeah, I think it's like we said in previous episodes, as we're saying, like it's important for like consequences to be paid, especially like when there is an issue of like, uh, like law, um, like consequences obviously need to be like addressed and dealt with, but at the same time, recognizing as a, as a Christian, your worldview from the Bible says that like you're saying for all have sinned. So all of us like are going to experience that, that same and so much more judgment that these people are going through right now publicly, we're going to experience that all of us. And so knowing that there has to be like a level of like grace that we extend to them in um, the like, you know what, like, man, if, if, if the press only knew what like, like the darkness that I have. And so um, I think having that mentality of like, we need to love the victim, but we also need to love the oppressor. And then also like fighting that good people, bad people dichotomy is so important. I think it says a lot too about our level of, of obsession when yes. when we're hurt so much by someone that we've never met who we've only seen on a screen um, 
that maybe we should temper our level of devotedness. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. I, and we've said this before in previous episodes, but I think it's so important. We think about the appropriate consequences to our behavior. It it never goes that never goes away, right? I mean, grace always forgives, but uh, when when we repent, those consequences don't necessarily go away. So it's the it's the argument of it gets pointed to all the time. It's, and just to be honest, I don't want to be too harsh here, but it's a stupid argument to point to David and say, well, David made mistakes too. David repented of his mistakes. There's Psalm 51 recorded right there in the middle of the Bible for all to see. So when someone repents of their sin and they're willing to turn from that, then it's a whole different conversation someone who just continues to pursue that. And um, and those consequences have to match. I mean, you think pastorally, First Timothy five, when a, when an elder sins, he needs to be rebuked publicly. Like he needs he needs to be uh, made an example of because it matters. Integrity actually matters. We can't do, uh, you know, we we cannot excuse these public and private lives. And um, I don't necessarily think that means that every news figure needs to be held to the standard of pastor. It's a much different kind of calling. Um, with a lot of complexity in that. Uh, so this conversation is not going away, it seems. Uh, almost a new revelation every single day. And so uh, we need to be processing these things really well from a b- biblical point of view. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 10-Minute Think-Through. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to rate us on the iTunes or Android podcast store. You can find all of our episodes and submit a topic request on our website, 10minutethinkthrough.com.